0: Good morning, everyone. I'm calling my message, A New Perspective on Christmas. Suppose you received a short email from a young couple, and all it said is, George and Kathy are so excited, they're going to have their first baby. Now, if you don't know them very well, you might just respond to yourself, Well, I'm happy for them. I'm sure they make good parents. But if you know them really well, you might say, you you might apply your imagination and say, oh, I can just imagine George, he gets so excited, and Kathy too. I can just imagine them embracing each other in the kitchen and and, and dancing around. Oh, and they probably knocked over some of the furniture. Now, none of that's in the original note. But doesn't that just sound like what might have happened if you know them well? And maybe you're thinking, oh, and she'll make such a good mom, and he'll make such a good dad. And you're thinking about their backyard, and maybe you even go to some old emails, and you look up some other details, or you pull out their wedding picture, or some other things. And all of the that few phrases brings to mind all of that richness. You know, many of our Bible stories are this long. You count the words. Some of them are a hundred words. Some of them are just 200 words, just a paragraph long. And kind of like George and Kathy are so excited they're going to have a baby. And it's our job to not just say, well, okay, that's nice. They're going to make good parents. But to think about all the other things you know about the characters in that story and bring those stories to life. If, for example, we were talking about the Christmas story, you might say, well, I'm going to look at the story from God's point of view. Wouldn't it be interesting, not just George or Kathy's point of view, but wouldn't it be interesting to look at this from God's point of view? And you might be thinking, hmm, well, God's probably thinking something like this. Now, at last, my son can fulfill the law and he can usher in that better, pro- better covenant that I promised. And I will finally be able to interact directly with the people I created and love. Just see how that starts to make the story more interesting and more full? Or maybe you're thinking about it from Jesus' point of view. And he's saying, boy, I can hardly wait to go down there and tell them what daddy is really like. Oh, but just before I go, let me have one more breath of this heavenly air before I go. Okay. Or maybe Mary, she's just managed to get out these words, Joseph, uh, Joseph, uh, I, I think it's time. And you see how if you put yourself in their point of view and you start to think about all the things you know about that story, the story starts to come alive. Now, if you talk to somebody on the street and you say, tell me three things about the Christmas story, you can be almost sure that one of the things they're going to mention is the angels. And so this morning, I want us to look at the Christmas story from the point of view of the angels and specifically that first angel who made the initial announcement to Mary, sorry, to the shepherds. We're going to give him a name. We're going to call him Joe just to make it easy to refer to him. And I was thinking earlier this week about why am I feeling inclined to talk about the angels? It'd be so much easier to talk about Mary or something. And what came to me is that part of the message this morning is to remind us that there's a spiritual dimension. Angels are very much of this spiritual dimension. And to remind us that in this story, just like in our own personal stories, there is a spiritual dimension. And sometimes there might even be angels involved in our story, even if we're not aware of it. So let's read the story from Luke. I'm going to continue on where the Hergut family left off as they were reading this morning from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And we read this. Now remember. This is one of these little short stories, okay? It's just a few words. And you need to apply your imagination to this story and imagine what might it have looked like, what might it have felt like. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they went in haste. Now, to hear the rest of that story, you'll have to come on Christmas Eve because Serena going to pick up the story right there. I'm not stealing any of her thunder this morning. So, I have a question for all the kids. And, and Andy, if it's easy, would you mind to put our Zoom family back on the, on the screen? How many of you think this is the first time in the story of Jesus that an angel appeared? How many of you think that's the first time when the, when the, when the angels came and, and talked to the shepherds, all right? That's part of Jesus' big story, okay? How many people think that's the very first time that an angel appeared? Okay, good. All right. How many people think it was the second time that an angel appeared? Uh, that's good. All right. The third time? Three is a good number. Three is, how many, was the, that was the third time that angels appeared in the story of Jesus. Just in case you're... Yeah, I know all the kids know the answers, but just in case their parents are wondering. The first time was when Gabriel appeared to Mary. And the second time was an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. All right, here's one more question for everybody. How, how many times do you think angels appeared in total in the story of Jesus? Now, if you're on Zoom, you can type... Okay, I see, some, I, see, I see a four, I see a five. Hmm. Anybody think this many? Uh, okay, nobody's typing any numbers. How many think it's t- two hands worth? Okay. Nobody's got time to go to Zoom, uh, Google and check it out. All right. It's more than 12 times. More than a dozen times. Jesus and his temptation, okay, and on and on. There's about 12 times, actually more than 12 times, depending on how you count them, that angels showed up in the story of Jesus. Thanks, Zoom folks, for being there with us. (laughs) All right, so if we're going to talk about the angels, we need to get some of our old photos out. Remember I said with the couple that had the baby, you could maybe get out some old photographs and check them out or, or go through some old emails. So we're just going to take a look in the Bible and see if it gives us some clues about who these angels are and what they're like. So that as we imagine what this story might have looked like, we can actually be sensible and accurate about what they were actually feeling. In Psalm 8, we read, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him for you made him a little lower than the angels so that gives us a clue that the angels are probably a little bit smarter than us a little bit stronger maybe um probably more spiritually aware well actually we know that's the case and and there's other passages that tell us that they can fly now fly uh, look if a little spoiler here, okay? If you don't want to hear the spoiler, just cover your ears. But They don't have wings, okay? We think they have wings, and it makes it look really nice on the Christmas cards. And I, I, There's nothing wrong with putting wings on angels. But technically, they don't have wings, okay? They're like Jesus. So when Jesus ascended, all right? He they don't draw wings on jesus he just ascended right he looked like a man and he ascended angels are like that they look like a man and unless they do something supernatural you can't tell remember there's a verse that says some of you may have entertained angels unaware all right so they have to do something so that you know that they're actually angels so what happens in the story we just read Talks about the glory of the Lord that shone around them, and it was the their being illuminated that let us know who they were. All right. Um, yeah, and of course we know that they can make themselves visible to us and also to animals, right? How do you know that? I won't answer that. You can figure that out how you know that. OK. Here's another interesting thing about the angels they get to participate in the planning exercises in heaven. Did you know that? All right, let's look at the story of Micaiah in 2 Chronicles. It talks about, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, the Lord said he wanted to entice Ahab, king of Israel, to go down and to to fall at Ramath-Gilead, remember? And there was this council, and God invited them to suggest ways that this could come about. In Exodus, um, uh, say twenty three twenty, it says, "Behold, I'm sending an angel before you to protect you along the way and bring you to the place I prepared." And from that and many other passages, we know that angels protect us and they guide us. Um, from other places, we know that they make personal choices, they have feelings, they convey messages, and they long to see what God is doing. Isn't that interesting? So think about Joe, our angel. He had all of those characteristics. That's who Joe was. If you look back through some of the old emails and the old stories, and you paint this bigger picture of who who Joe was. Another thing is that I believe strongly that God gives each of us assignments that are suitable to who we are. Okay? If God gives me an assignment where I need to work with a spreadsheet and figure things out in numbers, I'm as happy as a clam. (laughs) He might give me some other jobs to do, and I, oh man, I'll try, I'll do my best, but it's just not a fit. And I believe that God calls each of us mostly to things that are a really good fit, and that we can grow in and learn from. And by the way, just another free advertisement, starting in January, we're going to do a series on finding your calling, okay? So um, that kind of fits in as well. So what I would like to do is to imagine Joel, when he's just been called up by God, to have a conversation with him. Before any of this story has happened, And maybe it goes something like this. Uh, Well, I'm doing fine. Thanks. Uh, Well, well, actually, I'm really excited. I've never been to this part of heaven before. And I'm so glad to be here. Uh, uh, Yes, yes. I, I did notice that there was a lot of activity up here the last little while. A bunch of us over in the messaging department were wondering what was up. Oh, wow, that's really exciting. We did notice what Isaiah wrote a long, long time ago, and we wondered when that was actually going to happen. Uh, Yes, actually, I have been working on my Aramaic, both my grammar and my speech. I thought it might be useful sometime to be able to speak Aramaic. Oh, really? Shepherds. You want us to go and talk to the shepherds? Okay. And tell them what? Did you you say in a manger? Uh, uh, Okay, you did say in a manger. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if I brought some of my buddies along from the messaging department? You know, it's going to be, that's such big news. We should make a little bit of a party of it. Oh, well, I'm glad if you like that idea sorry how many you want us to take how many people how many angels down there Uh, no 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 i think it's a great idea i'm just thinking about the logistics of how on earth we're going to do that with so many yeah but don't worry we'll be happy to do that can you imagine that that's maybe what happened in heaven do you see the personalities God's personality and the personality of the angel, of Joe. And so Joe and a couple of other angels from the messaging department worked hard to figure out where everybody was going to stand when they went down to visit the shepherds. And they figured out exactly what they were going to say so they could all say it in unison. And Joe suggested that they fly by Bethlehem just to have a peek at where the baby was so that he could make sure that his words were really clear to the shepherds and that they wouldn't miss it. And Joe talked to one of his buddies, Joey, and said to Joey, after we've given our message, I want you to hang around with the shepherds just in case they can't quite figure out where to go in town. Then you can, you can watch over them and you can nudge them a little bit so that they don't get lost in town and they get to the right spot. And remember, always do it so that they don't notice that you're there. And so you know how this story ultimately came down. And, you know... I can imagine that if you got that message about George and Kathy, you might sit around your kitchen table and if there were some adults present and some kids, they might have lots of fun imagining how George and Kathy responded to their good news that they're going to have a baby. I encourage you after church today, when you go home and are having lunch, sit around your table and have some fun with this story and let the kids tell what they think this might have looked like. And as they do that, they'll be thinking about these things that angels can do and can't do and what they're like and how they have personalities and all those kinds of things. And just to close, I want to do one more. I want to do one more little story here. So again, Joe's back speaking to God. The operation is done. All of the things have come down the way that they should. And every good operation has a debriefing. And so I want you to just imagine with me this debriefing. Yeah, it went really well. And, and did you see that shepherd with the red headgear? He tried to hide behind a big bush. Yeah, it was really, that was really neat. Anyway, and then there, there was so much light from us. When he finally did come out from the bush, well, he stepped right into... Uh, but well, well, you know, there were lots of sheep around, and you know, sheep eat. And then you, yeah, 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 yeah. We laughed too. We thought that was so funny. And and you know, the interesting thing, he was the one that led the rest of the shepherds into town, and he responded so beautifully when Joey nudged him a little bit to turn left. You know that intersection where that white house is, and 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 they turned left there, and they found the right spot. And, and Joey did it just right. That, that shepherd didn't even notice Joey nudging him to go that way. Yeah, yeah, and we did hang around for a bit after we'd given the announcement. We went over to where Mary and Joseph were, and we couldn't help but notice how exhausted and lonely they looked. And then we watched the shepherds come in, and we saw the change on Mary and Joseph's face and we could tell that they suddenly had hope and they knew that you hadn't forgotten them uh, thanks for, thanks and thanks for saying well done we were hoping you would say that i'll make sure i pass that on to the rest of the fellows